Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit PlanetBroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. Hello and welcome to Book Cheat, the book club podcast where I've read the book so you don't have to. My name is Dave Warnicky and on each episode of this show, we look at one of the classics. And joining me to look at such a classic this week, it's Nick Capper and Jack Drews. Hey. hey, everyone. Yeah, how are we doing, guys? Great, mate, great. It's great to s- skip a book once again. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, no, I'm very excited. I was saying to you before, I think doing this pod was like the last, in my, in my mind, like the last like pre-lockdown thing that I did. Like I think I did this podcast and went back to my parents' house like like the next day or something, and it feels symbolic. It's like we're back. Right. So back you, doing the pod with Dave. pre-book cheat. PBC. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you're back. PBC. That's PBC stands for book cheat, right? A, that's a category on Pornhub. <laughs> yeah. PBC. <laughs> what you did yeah, <laughs> before book, book cheat. cheat. Yeah. <laughs> and it's always sexy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, yeah, that's that's the same for me, man. That was before I committed those murders. It was straight yeah, after right. book cheat. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's how I mark the timeline. <laughs> so does that mean... After tonight, you have to commit another one? Yeah, yeah. Six yeah. people in a hit and run. <laughs> yeah, That's what we're going to do. Oh, oh man. man. It's night time. It's going to be hard. It's going to be hard to find a crew <laughs> that we can really mow down. But <laughs> well, like, yeah, we'll try, try our best. Six people later. Like, they, so they call you the, the post-book cheat killer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> An episode yeah. comes out and they have to try and... I'm going to be honest back. with you, Dave. This will be bad PR if he goes ahead. Know, this is God. not going to reflect well on the podcast. <laughs> I swear. <laughs> I tried to stop him. You need a Jake Gyllenhaal type character in... Um, What's that movie? The uh, what is it? Zodiac. Oh, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. He's just like mapping out. He's yeah. like, okay, the the podcast recorded around this time or was released around this time. Dave gets a bit lazy with his socials, so he doesn't know when it's going to go up. Pouring uh, <laughs> maps everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Red line. <laughs> he's, he's interviewing past comedians. <laughs> like, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Matt Stewart, what do you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. He just he, he, he releases it whenever he wants. It could be any time. No, that's right. <laughs> he says it's every Tuesday, but sometimes it's a Wednesday. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's very lazy on the socials. So, you know, there's yeah. a story, but the story was done way before. You know? <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, yeah, but yeah, it's great, mate. Um, well, it's great to be back in the same room as people, I've got to say. Yeah, definitely. Been yeah. doing a lot of these over Zoom for many months. Basically, I think, Jack, the last one you were on right. was possibly the last in-person one. So, it's great to see you again. Yeah, it's great to see, great to see everyone. Yeah, when you're, when you're uh, talking about books, can't do that over Zoom. It's digital. That's right. We need it's, this. It's we need an analog that's thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we need this to be analog. Would Shakespeare settle for Zoom? 
Probably. <laughs> yeah, he probably would have, actually. Yeah, take, yeah. Rather than go outside <laughs> in the plague, yeah. He yeah. probably would have taken yeah. two. Didn't he, he... That's the thing I've heard everyone saying during the pandemic. There's like, didn't Shakespeare write one of his plays during, like, quarantine? Yeah, so I, uh, one of the plays I've done this year in quarantine, I purposely did because I heard that same rumour was mm. Othello. Yeah. No, not Othello. I'd already done Othello. Oh. King Lear. King Lear. King Lear. Yeah. And then people were posting a stuff... When everyone was... Still super positive about lockdown. Yeah, and making yeah. the most of it. it was like King Lear was written during during lock during a, a plague lockdown. So write your King Lear. Oh, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I tell you what, my King Lear was three very um, yeah laid back podcasts yeah. uh, over <laughs> Zoom, mostly while drunk. Talking, yeah, about, yeah. Yeah. Talking about Dennis Rodman movies. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Really couldn't put more like unpleasant pressure on people. Like it's like, yeah. all right, it's the stressful, most stressful point in your life. You've uh, lost your job, lost everything that's significant to you, and uh, if you don't write the greatest work of art that any <laughs> human has ever done, then you're a piece of shit. <laughs> and know, that's right. <laughs> hey, but uh, guys, I'm gonna relax you here a little bit. You okay. know. King Lear, not one of his best, in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> That's <In> right. My... <laughs> I mean, we're not expecting yeah. you to write Hamlet, Jack. Come yeah, on, yeah, yeah. it's yeah. only King Lear. Yeah, yeah. I haven't yeah. done a King Lear. I've maybe banged out like a Taming of the Shrew or <laughs> yeah. something. Yeah. At best, at yeah, best, right. you know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you've got to have sun and you know socialising to you know write Macbeth. You know what I mean? Like as if Macbeth wasn't done after a few dinners and a, yeah, yeah, and yeah. a nice catch up <laughs> exactly, with mates. Exactly. You need a brainstorm, something you know, get the juices flowing yeah, before you, gotta, you you grab your quill. You got to riff Macbeth with the boys. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So what do you reckon, boys? The horses ate each yeah. other the night that uh, Van. What do you reckon of that? It's a bit out there. It's a bit out there, shaky, but. Uh, <laughs> and then people are shaky. Everyone, shaky. Love the idea. Everyone went home that night to write it, but uh, Shakespeare's the one that got the credit. Yeah. People. Yeah. 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 Hey, I co. I basically co-wrote that play in the riff. Yeah, I was riffing with the boys. Yeah. We had a we had a few wooden steins in the owl yard, and <laughs> Macbeth took it off me. <laughs> Romeo and Juliet. Do you know what, man? Like just just some barflies like I reckon they should both die at the end, and one poisons the other one. Macbeth's like, oh really? Okay. <laughs> this has been a great riff, bro. Yeah, I'll take that. <laughs> but I've got to go now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's so stupid what what people were you know saying in the lockdown things like that. Like yeah, everything's different f- for different people, you know. I I mean it's easy for us. We don't have kids or anything. Imagine having two kids oh, in a goodness. flat or something. Yeah. Imagine trying to write King Lear with with <laughs> yeah, you know right. Pokemon full bore in the background. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like you can't you can't put any pressure on anybody. <laughs> it would be great if that had happened and like King Lear there's all these like Weird references to like, like powerful turtles having like battles and stuff in the background. <laughs> yeah. like, always talking about like how ghost powers beat psychic powers or like these yeah, weird yeah. matchups and stuff. <laughs> King Lear remix Pokemon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's great. So uh, how have you been spending the lockdown though? I often ask if people have, uh, my guests have been reading anything lately. Has there been any reading going on? I've kind of um I've gotten into audiobooks for the first time ever. Oh, fantastic. It's been really good because I wanted to try and I 
do something, just something in my hour of exercise that I had in the like the height of the lockdown. So I'd get like a something I could listen to on a run or whatever, and that was a bit really good. I listened to the audio book of um of Moneyball was awesome. I loved oh, cool. that. Oh great! Um, and then I uh, I'm listening to uh, I started a while ago, then I stopped and I started again. But I'm listening to the Dice Man, which uh, Dice Man rules. It's it's so weird. But uh, it's like... Tell me about Dice Man. It's a novel from the 70s about a guy who... Um, uh, he just starts living his life based on the role of a dice. He's a psychologist. And um, right. it, it's like really interestingly written. And like... Uh, it's 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 like super crook as well. Like by today's standards, you can kind of like... It's like 70s or whatever. You can sort of like see what he's getting at. But there's bits where you're just like yeah. listening to yourself. It's like, I'm glad I got headphones here because this is no good what yeah. he's saying. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, it's so interesting. Yeah. And um, it uh, it got I inspired me to... I did a few days of like... Because I think it was really appropriate to just the the feeling in lockdown. And just like I did a thing where I was like looked at all the different things I wanted to do over the next few weeks. And I just gave them a number and just did a dice man experiment so i was like i can work on this or this or go for a walk or whatever and just did like a few afternoons like rolling the dice to see how it was you live by the dice yeah not, not for anything important like he he really puts it on the line you know but it, it's so funny man because I, I, I remember reading the dice man yeah years ago and um you know and i read american psycho as well and i watched a movie the other day and it's weird in these like 70s you know 80s or whatever kind of books that these guys were heralded as these great novelists and they are the novels are cool and they have great they show great creative expression and everything but really women are nothing in books up until like the 21st century and even now there's probably problems you know, like yeah, they're sure, just sure. like, oh yeah. yeah, they're just yeah, they're the objects of <laughs> just like yeah. Well, the dude's going crazy. He's doing every. He's living his life. You know, he's a free spirit. He's rolling then, dice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> women's rights do not come into that. <laughs> you yeah. know? I'm afraid I rolled a one. Yeah, on that, yeah. So. But it's so weird that that was a thing. You know, and you and I remember reading it and thinking nothing of it. Thinking, oh, that's not crook at all. Right, but Maybe now it, Jack, you're yeah. ready in 2020 going, yeah, oh, as, okay. a, as a far more evolved man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, yeah. di- I'm disgusted by this book. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, showed my, um, I showed the movie uh, American Psycho to my girlfriend the other night and she loved it. She was like, oh, wow, this is, this is an amazing movie. And, um, you know, but it, it didn't, because it's so beautifully written and stuff, I was like, but isn't that a little bit triggering? It just kills... He doesn't kill. He only kills like one guy, <laughs> and it's mostly other, mostly women and stuff. She's like, "Oh yeah, when you put it that way, it's kind of <laughs> crook, you know." <laughs> I I watched American Psycho for the first time like a week ago or something, and I, I like weirdly I was just watching it because I couldn't sleep, and I was just like just popped on a movie I'd never seen before, and I <laughs> okay. I got like I was so tired and I was enjoying it, but I was like, "I'll I'll just have to finish this later," and so. But then I think I had a weird sleep and I just didn't feel like getting out of bed right away in the next morning. So it's like I, it was the worst decision. I just like, stu- without getting out of bed, I just started my day by watching the last half hour of American Psycho. <laughs> and it was like, <laughs> you could not have a worse morning routine yeah. <laughs> to like get you, you do it every set day. up for a healthy day. <laughs> yeah, I put on uh, the last half hour, then I go yeah. get my eggs. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Quick stretch, watch yeah. the deleted scenes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Well, how about you, Cap? Have you been reading anything? Uh, yeah, I watched. I mean, I I, I read um, uh, Meditations by Aurelius. Um, Marcus Aurelius. Yeah, Marcus Aurelius. Yeah, and uh, I I read. I probably got three quarters away through it, um, and uh, I I didn't finish it just not due to boredom, just because I. I uh, yeah I can't concentrate on anything and plus I had to ask my girlfriend ev- what each word meant yeah <laughs> or look them up oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did you you basically transcribed the entire book yes yes she was my transcriber <laughs> <laughs> even though the book is written in English yeah <laughs> <laughs> so it got a bit uh, and then then I I went something a bit a bit less crazier and because I was a big fan of the show and I, I I'd read this book before was the uh, the Watchmen comic book ah oh, great people love it i love it yeah it's and it really shows you how how good it is once you watch the tv show and then watch it then read the comic book again um and i went full nerd and listened to the behind the scenes podcast and i was like oh yeah you know because you're always trying to I, I think with comedy and things uh you're always trying to tap into this like that next level creativity that something like the Watchmen has, yep, yep, mm. you know, or, or Fargo the series, or uh, something like that that's got this next level creativity that's, that's really deep, um, and it's very hard to tap into. And listen to the podcast did you get any sense of where that's coming from? Yeah, man, it was great because he he um, it was the guy who did was it the leftovers or not the leftovers? What's the other one where it's like twenty people left in the world or something? I don't know what it's called. Oh, he, he did Lost as well, the guy who made um, uh-huh. the Watchmen TV show. But he was it's really cool because he's a big fan of the Watchmen comic and it basically is what set him on his creative journey. Oh, right. So and now it's come full like, circle and he's made yeah, that. Yeah, so wow, he's making awesome. it. And he's like, yeah, the comic book was trying to encapsulate what was happening in politics at the time. So that's what he was trying with this time when he that's was great. making the TV show. So he's like... A lot of it is about Black Lives Matter, things like that. He's like, okay, I'll try and put that into the TV show. Um, yeah, and he's like, I don't want it to go anywhere uh, in terms of I wanted to say something, but I don't. I don't want it to be too. Um, I, I would rather have it in that creative realm where anything can happen, and it's it's multi layered. So that's yeah. how he makes the show, and that's why the TV show is so good. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Yeah, so it's been great, man. I, I'd fully recommend people reading it. And uh, yeah, people sometimes actually request that I do it on this show. Have you done any, any graphic novels? Yeah, I get a lot. I've never done one on here. No, I get a lot requested. Yeah, really. I lent Jack Swamp thing. Oh man, I loved. I've I've never been like a big comic book guy because I yeah. I don't think I like superheroes very much. But I um yeah, I read Swamp Thing that like made me feel like oh, there's a whole. There's a whole, not even a genre, like there's a whole format, there's a whole medium that I've just been neglecting. Like it got me so excited about getting into comic books. Yeah, awesome. Well, pe- people, yeah, do suggest them. And how do you think it would go? On the, on the Man, it's adapted. pretty, it would be good, but it's quite difficult as well because you've got, um, you got like guys like Grant Morrison and the guy who wrote The Watchmen, and I always forget his name, <laughs> who also wrote Swamp Thing. I'm going to look it up just so people don't yeah, there's tweet Dave us Dave Gibbons, he, he helped write it. But then there's the other guy who's absolutely crazy uh, who 
because they got they they both got fucked over by DC. Aha. Uh-huh. Uh, so uh, Alan Moore. Alan Moore. Yeah. So Alan Moore did Swamp Thing as well, um, and they're very in depth, multi layered type. Uh, I don't know what you. I don't know what you call it. Like a like a creative experience. Like a very weird story. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. And there's no. You know, it's like what Jack said. Most superheroes things. Superhero goes through some stuff, wins at the end. But, uh, yeah, with Grant Morrison or uh, Alan Moore, it's always, yeah, everyone dies. And it's and it's very, there's a lot of words. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's great. I do enjoy that description. Yeah. Everyone yeah. dies. There's a lot of words. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, are you talking about Shakespeare again? Yeah. <laughs> Well, I love that. Uh, well, but taking us way, way back today uh, on today's book sheet, we are talking about the oldest play or any the oldest text, um, basically in the English language or the in Western. Um, really, <laughs> really. Well, <laughs> I mean, it's not originally in English. I should say in uh, the Western canon. I should say, and this is definitely the oldest book we've uh, covered on book sheet, and that is Medea, the uh, ancient Greek play by Euripides. Wow. Have you guys heard of that? This at Eur- all? Euripides sounds like I, I got to explain this properly, but it's it sounds <laughs> like a like a bad Australian comedy show making a joke about like what if ancient Greek was Aussie and it's like <laughs> Euripides, yeah, Euripides. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought it sounded like a um, a uh, like a. And it, like a suburbs uh, water fun park. Yeah, yeah. Like get on down to Euripides. We got a slide. We got a Dagwood dogs. Yeah. Got a carousel. It's a Medea themed, like rural theme park. Yeah. <laughs> it's like all the thrills and spills of ancient Greece. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's got like a kid from like Coburg saying, like, I love Euripides. <laughs> you ripper, Euripides. Hop on the Hercules. Coaster, it'll be great. <laughs> I'd like to thank the the Greek ancient gods for giving me this great time. Yeah, right. <laughs> and like the founder, like just walks around dressed as Zeus. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolute oddball character. <laughs> <laughs> Demands to be called Zeus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's got in the reviews like like sixteen dollars for nachos. The Greek gods would be ashamed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so people suggest the books and plays I cover on the show, and this one's been suggested by three Aussie people, so um, maybe they are oh, all Aussies. Euripides <laughs> themselves. <laughs> uh, from Tasmania, thanks to Thomas Jewell. From Townsville, thanks to Samuel Aldous Ryan. And from Melbourne, Claudia, we appreciate your suggestions. So uh, this one was written... In 431 BCE, so it is 2,400 years old, this text. That's good. That's, Which that's is what I like. The older, the better. Yeah. Text is like fine wine to me. <laughs> yeah, it just gets better and better. <laughs> Saying that with absolutely no education. Yeah. I mean, would, would, you, would you drink a 2,400-year-old bottle of wine? Uh, yes, in a heartbeat. <laughs> yeah. That's how it gets all the flavours. <laughs> Feels like it would be your last heartbeat. Yeah, yeah. Everyone dies in that bottle of wine. <laughs> the ones I've killed before, I'll kill again. <laughs> yeah. uh, along with um, Aeschylus and Sophocles... Euripides is one of three ancient Greek tragedians 
for whom any plays have survived in full. Um, so basically, it's survival of the fittest, and because those guys' plays have survived, they're the classics. Yeah. Right. Okay. So is this? Are we going back to man? Is this like um, what is it like? You know the 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 spine for every story, which is like the hero's journey or something. Is this is this what we're going back to? Uh, these guys invent this kind of stuff or what? Yeah, there is lots of that kind of thing, but this play is actually a little bit different from the other ones. Which is one of the reasons I sort of chose it, um, which yeah, w- which we'll get to in a second. But for the background, it was first performed in an annual competition against two other playwrights, including Sophocles, who I mentioned. So there's a playwright competition. Yeah, every year they'd put on three three plays, <laughs> oh and then they'd vote for whose was the best. Oh, and uh, Medea came third out of the three plays. So got last oh, play. Oh no, that's pretty good though. If your occupation is you're a tragedian, like you <laughs> specifically work in the tragedy genre, and then you get the worst of all the tragedy. Like that's gonna your next tragedy is gonna be real. <laughs> yeah, that's personal, right, exactly. You know? yeah. Some good insight. It just gets worse and worse. Yeah. And worse. <laughs> but you know, also if you put like three modern Australian plays together. Like, if you put, like, I don't know, Hey, Hey, It's Saturday up against <laughs> John Safran's musical jamboree yeah, and, I don't know, something else. The current like, affair. Like Wilfred or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Then Wilfred's going to come last, but it was one of the best. Yeah, for sure. But, you know, <laughs> 2000, like, 2000 yeah. years later. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You know, I don't know if anyone's old enough to get those. Yeah, I could, I could, I couldn't think of three good things off the off the hook. You know, you know how like um, everyone says like the best comedians have like the the worst lives, like the saddest lives. Yeah. Do you feel like the best tragedians have like the happiest lives? Yeah. It's like a real switcheroo. <laughs> exactly. He was having the best time. Yeah. <laughs> you got to be really full of love and joy to write a good tragedy. And the other, yeah, the people that are writing that aren't quite making it. It's like you're just not having a a good enough time yeah. out there <laughs> to get the tragedy onto the page. Mm. So it came third um, in the competition, but it's gone on to be a foundation and classic of Western literature and 2,400 ye- years later is still widely performed. It was lost for a long time. Uh, it was rediscovered in first century Rome. So for 400 years, because that already seems like a long time ago, f- the first century, but Mm-mm. it's uh, the, the time between now and Shakespeare, like it was lost and then it came back and then it got lost again and then it came back in the 16th century in Europe and since then it's just been performed flat out. And it's, wow. Yeah. Fre- a, f- a frequent uh, play put on by uh, university drama students, this one. A, a Ripple is must be stoked that he's got his come up and... S- 400 years later. Yeah, he's got it. <laughs> oh, I came last, but uh, who's the king yeah. now? Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. But he's been dead for like so over long. 300 years. Yeah. <laughs> but Finally. I'd like to dedicate this podcast to his memory. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Even though he would have no idea what the hell I'm talking he about. He could have died and then like being instantly reborn for like five cycles and still not seen his play. Yeah. He'd come back to popularity. <laughs> <laughs> like he could... It's like, I'm a comic, but I work two jobs, one in a warehouse, another one delivering groceries. And 300 years later, my joke, long wife, long life, <laughs> finally. That's a classic of yeah, Western yeah, literature. Becomes, uh, yeah. 
a classic, you know. When society evolves 500 years worth of yeah, social yeah, changes yeah. and finally they'll get it, they'll be like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Long life, long life. That's funny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I get it. Man, it's so sad, isn't it? Like Van Gogh went through the same thing. Everyone hated his paintings. They suck. They're like, it's... the colours are off. You're an idiot. <laughs> Only his brother bought his paintings. And then when he dies, people are like, man, oh. these are actually pretty sick. <laughs> I mean, I'm just, cl- just clinging on to that. As I'm yeah, dying, yeah. I'm just thinking, yeah. all right, I'm about to get famous. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Book cheat. Yeah, yeah What go. if the... Man, if I don't get to number one of the iTunes chart the day after I die, it's all <laughs> yeah. been <to> nothing. Yeah. <laughs> His last words were leave a review. <laughs> Please. <laughs> Five stars. Five stars was the last thing that came to my list. Like and subscribe. Yeah. <laughs> it helps the algorithm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't listen to it on Spotify. Just listen on Omni. Yeah, you know, come it's like on. a broad thing. Exactly. Don't skip the ad. I need this. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I always start with the uh, the opening line just to give a bit of a uh, bit of context for the, the kind of. Uh, text that it is and uh, wish me luck here here we go oh, sorry the opening line comes from a nurse and she says ah would to heaven the good ship Argo ne'er sped its course to the Colchian land through the misty blue simple grades nor ever in the glens of Pelion the pine been felled to furnish with oars the chieftain's hands who went to fetch the golden fleece for Peleus for then would my own mistress Medea never had sailed to the turrets of Lolkos. Oh man, I'm <laughs> I'm so excited because I watched in because me and my housemate were just trying to watch weird like different types of movies during lockdown, and I watched uh, Jason and the Argonauts. Oh! and so that's I didn't know this was related, but that's I guess must be related because oh. it, it was all Greek myths and the ship Argos. Is the the crew of the Argos of the Argonauts, I believe. That's right, and, and it was a wild, exciting movie. The second main character here is Jason. Yeah, the so very I, same Jason. I feel like I got some context on this. Oh, all that's of a fantastic! Oh wow! Yeah, I would have definitely voted this third in the place just from that <laughs> opening really line. Matter. I was I was lost immediately. It's hard to know where to stop because that goes on. That opening speech goes on for about five times that length, and uh, there's not there's not many full stops in the play. It's lots of commas, okay, lots of lines. But uh, our play is opened in front of Jason's house, yeah, with a nurse giving us the background on what is going on in the world of the play. Basically, it's a previously on Medea type oh, okay. situation. <laughs> okay, that's what she's saying there. And she explains that a lot has gone down recently. Jason, famous in Greek mythology as a hero who, along with the Argonauts, went on a quest to find the Golden Fleece. So was it the sort of 60s movie that you watched? Yeah, yeah. It was really um, it was really cool. Like, I just love the... Uh, it's like everything looks so beautiful in that, like, old film look. And it's like everyone's all like old Hollywood, like, I don't know what, what it is. Like, I'm sure someone who knows about film could tell me, but just like the, the film and the lighting, it's also like bright and crisp and sort of a bit odd and different. But then anytime there's a special effect, it's like, would have been groundbreaking at the time, but it's like the silliest, stupidest thing you can imagine. It's the one that has like skeletons fighting that one. They summon skeletons for a battle in it. And it's sort of like stop motion type. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and it's like there's a lot of uh, 
there's a lot of scenes of just them like rowing on the ocean for ages. Yeah, right. It's just like the most ripped guys on earth just like rowing for way too long on these <laughs> scenes. It's just like, yeah, it's sick. So is it a good film? You'd recommend watching it? Um, I feel like if you were in the, the mindset I was in, it's just like, I just want to see something that's different to what I normally watch. Yeah. Like, yeah, I thought it was cool. It was just like, uh, I feel like you watch more of that type of movie when you're a kid, when you like, your parents just need you to watch something yes, and there'll yeah, be like an yeah. old movie on TV or something like that. That's like right. It, it kind of took me back to that where it's just like the way it looked. And, and I think people like, I feel like Hollywood only decided that people should talk like real humans kind of like in the seventies or eighties or something. You know what I mean? Like no one talks like a human. Everyone's yeah. like, I say, Jason, let us head out to the, like <laughs> everyone's yeah, like yeah, a yeah. brave cartoon character. It's yep. just really engaging. <laughs> Well, that's the same Jason. So they went on a quest to find the Golden Fleece. And whilst on this quest 10 years ago, Jason had stopped in the city of Colchis, somewhere in Asia, where he had met Medea. Medea is a princess and a sorceress who used her power to help Jason get the fleece and also saved his life a few times. So no biggie. Okay. And after they got the fleece together, uh, Medea, in doing so, had to turn on her own father to get the fleece. They fled together and have since had two sons in a place called Corinth. They fled there as exiles but are now quite respected by the city. They're very famous because of this quest. Everyone knows Jason and Medea in so their what, city. So they, they've got the fleece, do they, or no? She yes, they got the fleece, but I believe they, had, they the quest was on behalf of someone else. Is that right, Jack, if you remember uh, the, um, the movie that a, a king had asked him to get the golden fleece? Yeah, I, um, I mean, it might have been a different It was a contract thing. job. Was yeah, a, exactly. It was like it a mercenary, a, yeah. Yeah, you don't, get, you don't get the fleece. Oh, no, no. Well, I thought he needed the fleece for some sort of power to go back and overthrow the king or something like that. That could ah. be. Or it could be for a suitcase full of money. I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Half now, half later. This is the, the first tradie ever. Yeah. <laughs> just like, yeah, you need a couple of boys to round up a job and yeah. go get a golden fleece. Yeah. He's like, all right. And uh, pretty, pretty soon the cost bl- blew out way more than yeah, they yeah, expected. Yeah, yeah. Listen, mate, getting <laughs> the golden Sorry, fleece, mate. a few Please. blokes died. Sorry about that. I did not I had to stop on an island. A giant bronze statue came to life and killed half the boys. So yeah. that's going to that's gonna yeah. take some time. Yeah, sorry about that. Also found a bit of dry rot, which uh, I'll have to replace that yeah. timber. So that's, yeah. that's really, really blown the budget on this one, I'm afraid. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You're just like, oh, tradies think they got a bad now, you know. Unless they got yeah. <laughs> back then, put up some drywall. Back then, you had to get a golden fleece. You and had half to face the blokes a, died. A, a fire-breathing bull or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so they've they've had this love story. They've escaped together. They've got two sons, and it all sounds beautiful and romantic. But the nurse curses the fact that Medea ever met Jason because lately things have turned pretty sour. Jason has decided to leave Medea and marry the king of Corinth. Creon, his daughter called Glossy. So they're, they're in this place called Corinth, and now he's decided to leave his wife and mother of his kids, basically to climb the social ladder of the kingdom. And marrying the king's daughter is a pretty good way to do that. Yeah. So what? He's like, yeah, with this lady, and then the king's daughter's like, hey, I want, I want this dude. Yeah. And, and then the married guy. And he's like, yeah, okay. Yeah. Why yeah. not? You're even more famous than I my got the wife. golden fleece. What? Yeah, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I got two kids. She's got two kids. She'll be fine. She's, you know, <laughs> you'll meet someone else, right? Yeah, plenty more fish in the sea. Plenty more fish in this. 
But that's not the case, I'm afraid, Cabot, because oh. according to the nurse, Medea is inconsolable about this. Oh, boy. She oh, gave God. up her life for this Jason bloke, and he has left her. She really you did. Wanna, you don't want to muck around with Medea. No way. This she, is for What I'm experiencing now is like the most bleak... Uh, you know in a movie when... And the, before the end credits, like text comes up and tells you what happens to the characters. Like oh, the movie yeah. I saw was like a very, like you know, like they get the fleece, they do a big romantic kiss on the boat. It's like, oh, it's all worked out for Jason and Medea and the quest, and it's all looking good. And then it's like text comes up, it's like Jason immediately found <laughs> yeah. so found another woman. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. A classic dude story, yeah. actually. Gets their confidence up. Oh, I found the golden fleece now. You're like, you're about to yeah. really fuck everything up, Jason. I just put a question mark on the end of the, of the movie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so she's so upset, she's bedridden, she's unable to eat, and the nurse is worried that Medea might do something drastic. No. And she's damn right about that, because this play is about one thing and one thing only. Revenge. Oh, really? A revenge? This is a revenge Oh, man. Play. So this is a bit of a John Wick type scenario. Oh, for sure. Man. You did not cross Medea. How did it get third in the play thing? I know. <laughs> if I was in ancient Greece and I wanted to watch a bit of John Wick. I well, actually, <laughs> the, the play that came first was John Wick 1 and yeah. the play that came second <laughs> was John Wick 2. <laughs> it's oh, like a, Perseopolis, the second yeah. act. Yeah. And then Armadea, John Wick 1. John Wick 1. <laughs> How does he carry so many bow and arrows? John Wick went like... Disappeared for like two thousand years and finally has come back again into a. It's like the same again. Like it goes out of popularity and then rediscovered in like twenty twelve or whatever. Like how do we sell tickets? They're like, all right, let's go back to ancient Greece. Yeah, what have they got? (laughs) There was a story called John Wick where he just killed heaps of people. He killed people with a fucking pencil. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's bring him back. So this is a revenge play. So Medea's sons have a tutor that comes in and tells the nurse that the bad news is only going to get worse from here, I'm afraid. Rumour has it that King Creon wants to kick Medea and her two sons out of his kingdom. And this is the one that's getting Jason to marry his daughter. He's like, well, let's get rid of the old wife and the old kids. As I said before... Women are just objects in these old novels, aren't they? <laughs> They're really cast out. Well, they are until revenge. Oh. So, th- But having heard this, the nurse doubts that Jason would turn his back on his own sons like that. Yeah. And the tutor replies, He dreameth of the bed of this new bride and thinks not of his sons. So he is going to turn his back. Ah, oh, on his kids as well. Yeah. So... That sounds it, like a good bed. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's really good bed. Back support. Yeah. It's one of those ones where one half is one f- firmness and the other half's the other. Yeah, so yeah. your partner and you can have different and still oh, sleep that's sound great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. If you if there was a bed that said if there was a bed salesman that said, um, hey man, this bed is so good, you'll forget about your two sons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <that's right. laughs> You'd be willing to kill your yeah. t- get rid of your two sons for this bed. That's how good it is. <laughs> yeah. You won't even mind the king murdering your family. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so this bed. <laughs> like, oh. The salesman, he's never made a sale. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> even for people desperate for a new bed. Oh, they keep murdering like, my family. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird that you have to mention this. I, yeah. I don't want anything to do with this bed. Would you like a free ham with the bed? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the bed comes with Maybe forget about your son that way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he comes back again. Look, 
the ham was delicious, yeah. but I still could not forget about my wife and two yeah. sons. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, forget about your sons or money back. Yeah. <laughs> but look, it vibrates. He vibrates. He's like, oh, I tell you what, this is pretty good. <laughs> we'll start to forget, forget about what are, the, what are they called again? Yeah. <laughs> Well, I forgot about one of my sons, but I <laughs> I can't forget Angus. About the other what about a footbath? There's a footbath. Ooh, Ooh I'll I'll see you later, Angus. Then the memories are drifting <laughs> yeah. away. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so the first we hear from Adia herself is her yelling off stage, and she says, "Oh, shame and pain! Oh, woe is me!" So she's not having a good time. She then curses her own household, including her own children. Oh. Which uh, leads the nurse to worry that Medea's uncompromising nature might lead her to self-destruct and take out those very children. So to avoid them being caught up in it, the nurse instructs the tutor to take the sons away for a while. Okay. Then enter a chorus in a... <laughs> that sounded like I'm about to go... I'm Medea, I'm Medea. That's good <laughs> <laughs> I'm a dear. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a dear. That's oh, good stuff. So, in Greek plays, the chorus was a group of performers who comment with a collective voice on the dramatic action. Sometimes they spoke in unison, and other times they sang. Ah. So, and sometimes they commentate what's going on, and other times they participate and actually interact with the characters in the play. And in this play, they do both. Okay. So a bit of commentary to tell the audience what's going on and also they will talk to Medea and the nurse throughout the play. And they, which is a, a chorus of Corinthian women, are not pleased with what's going on. They enter and perform a parados, which is a choral song. And although they, which is, I think, all the Greek plays they start with, they have a very specific structure. They're, the first song is called the parados. Okay. Right. And... um. Although they feel sorry for Medea, they speak of how she's overreacting. Men are fickle and no man is worth self-destructing over, is what they say. Yes. Perfect. Okay. Now we're getting somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) This is is a bit more progressive than American Psycho or or The Dice Man, which is crazy. It's crazy. (laughs) Because when you were saying that, I was like, well, let me take you back in time. Yeah. 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 A long time ago in a galaxy far, far away where women were respected. Can you believe that? (laughs) John Wick. Yeah. Yeah, John Wick. (laughs) Well, he loved his wife. Jane Wick. That'd be better. (laughs) (laughs) So they're like, metaphysical, no man's worth it. Still off stage, we hear Medea praying to the gods, uh, Themis and Artemis, to take out Jason and his new wife. So she's not backing down. She's more amping up. She's praying for them to die now. Okay. So she's really intent on revenge, despite the chorus saying he's not worth it. She then, uh, this is Medea, enters to talk to the chorus of Corinthian women and delivers a long speech in which she laments how women are treated in their society. They basically belong to their husbands, are baby-making machines that suffer through childbirth. They can't participate in society or play sport or fight in the armies. And when men divorce them, they are left without their homes. So it is quite incredibly progressive. Yeah, yeah, this is very progressive. 2,400 years ago. It's <laughs> no, amazing. Now I want her to just like, you know, um, maybe she meets some like old lady or something and on a deathbed and she's like, 
under the bed there's a crate under the bed and then she pulls it out and it's just got like a chain gun in it (laughs) you know stuff like that and then she just destroys the whole castle yeah Yeah, I'm I'm really hoping for like a Kill Bill montage where she's like learning um, a death punch or something and you're like I know that's going to come back later (laughs) Pai Mei is under the bed (laughs) so and it's actually worse for Medea because now she has no home at all not oh. just a physical house, but a home. Because she left her real home to be with Jason, turned on her father, and now she has no one to turn to. Oh, my God. He's left her. Her father was a real um, real piece of work, though, in the movie I saw. He was always summoning, like, skeleton beasts. And oh, I think he on. had some kind of monster with three heads or something that he was trying to kill Jason with. So. Oh. Anyone should turn their back on a on a man like that, right? So you don't want to go. You don't want to go back there anyway. Yeah, yeah. When your father's got such an array of monsters and powers, yeah, yeah. you got to question a few things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, Dad, I know you want to protect the golden fleece, but a three-headed monster? Come on, <laughs> that can't be safe. Just a security camera yeah. should cover this. My dad had four guns, and I I questioned them every day. <laughs> <laughs> so she asked the chorus to not betray her because Jason. Deserves to suffer for his sins. Okay. And the leader of the chorus agrees they won't betray her because, yes, Jason deserves to be punished. So there's some sort of understanding between the women there. How did she not see this coming? Like, Jason, you know, that's a that's a name of a dude who rides a skateboard, slingshot in the back pocket, oh, real hat, ladies hat man, yep. making out with chicks next to the arcade machine type dude, you know? His nickname is Bodacious J. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yo. She's, she's made them. And, and this is like 2,000 years ago. <laughs> a Jason, you know, you could go out with like Persepolis or, yeah, no. or yeah. Athens or some shit. She picks Jason. Yeah, a, a sailor with like a golden jacket. Yeah, no yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> She's like, he's a bad boy. I thought <laughs> I could change him. Look at this, baby. I can spin this ship around. I can do a 360 in it, you know. <laughs> no wind. Just spins around, you know. I guess that was the old skateboard yeah. tricks. Yeah. <laughs> her mum's like, why can't you just married Porthos or something? Yeah, 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 yeah. He's a great um, stonesmith. Because Porthos is boring, mum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Never done 360 in his yeah. life. Sure, he can kill a wildebeest. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. And then enters King Creon, the man whose daughter is now engaged to Jason. He tells Medea that her and her sons have to leave the kingdom. And then when she asks why, he tells her it's because he fears that she will murder his daughter in revenge. She's got quite the reputation as a very clever sorceress, and he worries that uh, she might use her powers on Glossy. See, this is a big fault by Jason as well. You never fuck around on a thought sorceress like you. Oh, I know. Yeah. That I mean, is a big mistake. He used her powers to get the gold fleece, but now isn't worried that she's going to use those same powers to get revenge yeah. on him. <laughs> you fool. What an idiot. Uh, but Medea says to the king, people, and she complains that people are always hostile towards her because of how smart she is, but she tells the king that her reputation is actually overblown and that he's got nothing to worry about. She's like, I'm actually not that clever. I'm not that powerful. When he doesn't buy her act She gets down on her knees And begs him to give her more time For the sake of her children He finally gives in to this Because of the kids And gives her 24 hours to leave But says if she's still there In a day's time She will be executed Okay She agrees to this Then Creon leaves And the worried chorus The Corinthian women Who just saw this 
asks Medea, whatever are you going to do now? And she explains that she has a plan. She wouldn't have sucked up to Creon if she didn't have to, but she she's bought herself more time to carry out her mission, which is kill Jason, kill Creon, kill Glossy. Oh <laughs> that my is, yes. That this is, is great. John Wick. This is this John Wick meets Kill Bill, oh, absolutely. Yes. She's got a big like secret cache of guns in the floorboard she's like tunneling into yeah. like <laughs> two swords yeah. just going crazy. Yeah. Well, the question is how, and she actually speaks out loud about how she's going to do it. She thinks about, will I stab them? Will I set their houses on fire? She eventually decides to kill them with poison and even calls upon the goddess Hecate, mistress of the underworld and pa- uh, patroness of black magic, to help her and her scheme. <laughs> well, the well, gods that's a, that's in a good society person. are just like, yeah, I got nothing else going yeah, on. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. yeah what do you got? Do you got on <laughs> murdering people? <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. Oh, I've got a lot of paid jobs coming up, but you've really been fucked over by this guy. Yeah, that's right. Um, (laughs) Willing to work pro bono for uh, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) It sounds like an interesting job, actually. Just help me out next time. I'm out of sorcery for it. Yeah, that's right. I've been mainly focused on accounting for a long time. It's really boring. Unfaithful husband? Yeah, well, that's better than bringing a horse back to life. (laughs) (laughs) Making the reins come. If I have to do that one more time, tell you what. (laughs) (laughs) Then the chorus do what is called... uh, the first of what is called the Coral Ode, which I've got to be very careful with because when I first saw it written down, I kept misreading as Oral Chode, <laughs> <laughs> which is a very different thing. Yeah. The o- Do you think that's why they maybe lost the playwright competition? Like they were performing it and they kept saying Oral Chode accidentally? Oral Chode. <laughs> or the judges were like, hang on a minute. I, this isn't a comedy, this is a tragedy. Yeah. <laughs> People kept breaking character. So it's the choral ode where they sing at basically at the end. There's no like proper acts per se, but really the, it, the structure is scene, oral, singing about it, scene, oral, singing about it. And this is the first of those. And they sing about women, how they're mistreated and how they hope that soon their gender will get the respect they deserve. They theorize a world in which the genders are reversed and women will be honored. So yes, very, very progressive. This is great. You're right. Poison though, a bit boring. You want what do you, what do you It's kind of a coward's way out, you know? Yeah. But it, 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 to be honest, it is the smartest way. Yeah, I would have loved... What, what like, can go wrong when you're just chasing someone with a sword? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like poison-tipped throwing stars or something, though. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. At least yeah, gives yeah, you a yeah, bit yeah. of action. Yeah, yeah. It's hard to sneak up on someone in a castle. Yeah. Yeah, you know, you got to have a lot of ropes and stuff and all that. Poison's just so easy. Yeah. It's kind of the car of the, you know, car of 20... That's kind of the new terrorist thing, just... Terrorists thought, oh, you had to have a bomb or a shoot somebody, but now terrorists are like, all you got to do is just drive a car. Well, let's not... Let's hope that no terrorists learn that poison is obviously quite, quite, quite <laughs> accessible because it sounds like that that's your... But just think about it, Dave. Just think about it. You could just... You could get in your car tonight and just mow down a lot of... <laughs> <laughs> it's really on your mind, isn't it? We started the pod with that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just think about it. Any celebrations going on, we could go and do it right. Anyway, it doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, just like this, I don't know how you feel about this, yeah, Jack, but I'm yeah. just distancing myself from this yeah, plot. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We're all scooting. We're already socially distanced, but I'm even, adding a bit more to that. That's right. I've just <laughs> chopped up my license and I've handed in my keys yeah. just to make sure. I've got a couple of sons and an unfaithful woman I've got to take care of. For, <laughs> they're at a certain Christmas festival. <laughs> <where> we <need laughs> well, the source of this mess, Jason... 
Yeah, what's what this do dog doing? Well, yeah, I was going to say, you, you think of him as a dog now, but before I ruined this with the postscript, did you think of him as a hero from the movie? Uh, yeah, yeah, I was 100% Team Jason, big Jason fan. He Sorry. Did, did a lot of cool sword fights. Uh, I think he would. He, he was doing great stuff. He was the captain of a ship, saved the day numerous times. All-round top bloke in the movie I saw. I'm really sorry to break that illusion. Yeah. I'm trying to see who played him in the movie. So it was 1963. Can you see who played Hercules in that movie? Because Hercules is in the movie and he is so good. Oh, really? So it was uh, as Jason was Todd Armstrong, but he was dubbed. There you go. Uh, Nigel Green played Hercules. Nigel Green. Nigel what Green. a man. I'm looking at his wow. six foot four man, known for his regimental demeanor, played military types and men of action. Jason of the Argonauts, Zulu, Tobruk, and the Ipcris File were his movies. Hunk of the century, I'm calling him. Wow. What a guy. <laughs> yeah, wow. What's his name again? Nigel. Who was it? Nigel Green. Nigel, Nigel Green. Green. You just don't think of Nigel as a hunk name, no, do if you? No. If you're listening and you want to Google a fresh hunk, check out Nigel Green. Nigel hey, Green. Hey, baby, I'm going to set you up with my, my pal, Nigel. Oh, <laughs> Nigel oh. sounds like a bookworm. I know, then he rocks up <laughs> and he goes, big <laughs> <Yeah>. dude. Oh, <laughs> uh, no, you're going to like Nigel. He can yeah. barely fit into a library. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had to take the I had to take the the doors off the milk bar to get him in. Yeah, it would have been such a like a real uphill battle for Nigel getting the casting call for Hercules. They'd be like, "All right, auditioning next for Hercules." Nigel, come on, <laughs> oh, come on! Yeah, yeah. It's got to be some mistake. Yeah. Everyone is laughing until yeah. he like kicks the door down. Yeah. The door down, rips his shirt off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Casting directors like like thick rim glasses just like shatter on their yeah. face. <laughs> like, oh, oh, that's our Nigel. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's our Hercules. <laughs> <laughs> that's our Nigel. <laughs> oh, we actually I'm, had to get Hercules to play Nigel. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> to get a, he, they wanted him so bad that they agreed to him trying to rebrand the name of Hercules as Nigel to yeah. give, <laughs> give his name uh, some cred. Son of Zeus, Nigel. Nigel. <laughs> <laughs> Up on board. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Nigel, you're so sexy <laughs> the 12 tasks of Nigel <laughs> <laughs> yeah and in uh 2000 years later they have the uh when the uh, animated movie Nigel comes out by <laughs> Disney they have McDonald's have the Nigel burger <laughs> <laughs> everyone wants the Nigel burger I remember when the Hercules burger came out at McDonald's we had a friend that worked at McDonald's and I was like 16 <laughs> or something he was the first one of our friends to get a job <laughs> yeah and he we'd always ask him what the burgers were like like he was <laughs> some kind of connoisseur and I still Ooh. remember him pulling up on his dirt bike to school and ask us asking what the Hercules burger was like. And he's like, yeah, it's a good burger. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, wow, such insight. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah, man. Yeah, that's a good burger. <laughs> and I remember when Aiden, I was like, oh, yeah, it is a good burger. Yeah. Aberfield was right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that boy's name, Nigel. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone wanted a piece the of Nigel that Nigel burger. Yeah. That was a good burger. 
Uh, sorry, sorry, so, we're off track there. Mate. So the the source of this mess, Jason, who was a cool guy before, but now is a dog. Nigel, forever a hero. Don't worry, yeah, I'm not going okay. to. Of course, it won't besmirch his great name. But Jason, right. now a dog, he enters and goes off at Medea for talking publicly about revenge and murder, and how <laughs> <laughs> he's like, this is the reason that you and my sons have been banished. If you just shut up, everyone could have stayed. Yeah, that's what he says. Friendly gossip, that's fine. Yeah. But the posters, that's that's yeah, no that's good. Right, exactly. Pamphlets. Yeah. <laughs> Throwing blood on my car. <laughs> so, but Medea hears that she's had enough. She explains that it's him, not her, that has caused this mess. Okay. She recounts how he never would have gotten the golden fleece without her. She yes. dealt with fire-breathing bulls, slayed giant snakes, and helped him pass the test that her father had set for Jason to get the fleece, and then fled her father's kingdom with him. What does he expect her to do now? She can't stay here and she can't go home. He has betrayed her after everything she did for him. That's her response. Uh-oh. He responds by saying that she didn't help as much as she says, but for the help that she provided, he's already repaid her. He says, you've been allowed to live in Greece, which is a far superior place than where you came, and he's made her famous. Everyone now knows the story of Jason and Medea, so we're even, baby. <laughs> Famous person living in Greece. Yeah. What more could you want? What more could you <laughs> Jason want? is such an idiot. No, no. <laughs> How dare you've just cheated on this woman and now you're leaving her with your two sons. And then being like, and then you're like This is your fault for talking about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and also, to make matters worse, his argument is that his marriage, second marriage to the king's daughter, is good for everyone. It's good for our sons, and if you'd shut up about it, it could have been good for you too. Like, I would have been rich from this other lady. I could have helped you out. He's trying to spin it in a way that... <laughs> You've really I, screwed up, Jason. I did this yeah. for you. I did this for you. It's like you, some you weird, just like, say... uh, like, ancient Greek bro code where it's like, if you... If you get your girlfriend famous and living in Greece, <laughs> yeah. you can yeah. do whatever you want. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I get a yeah. hall pass, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Open fought, game after that. We fought snakes together and shit. You know, yeah. he was just saying that at the uh, on a podcast or something like that. Yeah. Like, yeah, we fought snakes together. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it doesn't matter, man. You got her into Greece. It's good. It's fine. You know? <laughs> Gave her two kids. One more. Yeah, you know what? You're right. You're right. I will leave her for the king's yeah. daughter. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. She should be happy yeah. that she even got a piece of this. <laughs> well, the chorus jumps in here and says that he erases some good points, but also he shouldn't have divorced his first wife. So they're sort of flipping and flopping a bit. Yeah. Here. So funny, the idea of having an indecisive chorus, like yeah. <laughs> committing to the idea of having a chorus of people singing, but they're like, both sides make good points. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're like uh, Rupert, uh, Rupert Murdoch media is kind of controlling, you know, uh, Jason here. But then uh, kind of the chorus is kind of pedestrian TV. Like, <laughs> like I'm going to like, shake things up a little bit. Yeah, let's cancel this person. Yeah. But I tell you what, there's a sale on Aldi TVs yeah. that we need to. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> and that gets more clicks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jason says he wishes her well and offers her to help her by giving her money and trying to find her a new home in, neighboring, in one of the neighboring kingdoms. But Medea isn't interested in this help. Then there comes another oral chode. Sorry, <laughs> Coral Ode that says no good can ever come from violence. They also curse men for opening hearts and then running away and turning their backs. And that's kind of the first half of the play there. Okay. So, you know, Medeus, rather than her trying to go, okay, I'll take the two sons. 
you know what? I'm going to make my own kingdom. I'm going to do my own shit. I'm going to, you know, do a startup company, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to struggle for a bit. You're going to laugh in my face. Yeah, that's right. But rather than doing that, she's like, you know what? I'm just going to kill everybody. Yeah, exactly. Like, is, she's like, I'm just going to take you down with me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, book cheaters, just Dave here, dropping in quickly to tell you that, man, oh man, it is November already, which is good for one thing and one thing only. We can officially start watching Christmas movies. But what if you go to Netflix and discover your favorite Christmas Christmas movie isn't available? Well, get ready to have your mind blown, people, because you can use ExpressVPN to watch any Netflix library in the world. So this past weekend, you know I love action movies, so I used ExpressVPN to stream my favourite Christmas classic, Die Hard, on South Korea's Netflix. It was so simple. I just opened the app, hit one button to change my location, bang, refresh Netflix, and that's it. I'm watching John McClane, baby. See, ExpressVPN lets you control where you want sites to think you're located. Think of yourself as a hacker. You can choose from almost 100 countries, so just imagine all the Netflix libraries you can explore. And of course, people, it's not just Netflix. ExpressVPN works with any streaming service. Disney+, Hulu, BBC iPlayer, you name it. So if you visit my special link right now, expressvpn.com slash bookcheat, you can get an extra three months free of ExpressVPN. Support the show, watch what you want, and get your holiday fix at expressvpn, E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash bookcheat. This week's episode of BookCheat is also brought to you by Acorn TV. Now, we know there's a lot of entertainment options out there. And by that, I mean there's a lot of compelling international shows you may be missing out on. So it's time to burst the domestic TV bubble and check out Acorn TV, a commercial-free streaming service that's rooted in British television. It's home to sophisticated and artful storytelling with top-rated mysteries, addicting dramas, heartfelt comedies, and so, so much more. On Acorn TV, you can find top-notch performances from TV favourites, including David Tennant, Olivia Colman, Sandra Oh, and Thandie Newton. And can I add a new one? David Suchet. Or should I say, Sir David Suchet. Because Poirot is now on Acorn TV, and I could not be more excited. I've been smashing through a number of Poirot's early cases, and the early episodes are my absolute favourite. You've got Hercule Poirot. You've got Inspector Chap. Miss Lemon, Captain Arthur Hastings, the gang's all there, and you can check them out, like I do, on Acorn TV. A lot of us aren't travelling at the moment, but escape to Britain and beyond without leaving your seat, and try Acorn TV free for 30 days by going to acorn.tv and use my promo code BOOKCHEAT. That's A-C-O-R-N dot TV, acorn.tv. Use the code BOOKCHEAT to get your first 30 days for free. You'll thank me later. All right, back to the show. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. And now we enter the second half. Okay. Uh, enter a new character, 
Aegeus, or Aegeus, the king of Athens. He's an old pal of Medea and is traveling through town to see another leader of a nearby kingdom. And uh, he just ah. happens to run into Medea and he tells her of his problem, which is he's sterile. <laughs> okay. Yeah, as you do, right. wandering through town, <laughs> bumping to Tell an old friend. Ah, <laughs> Medea, <laughs> I'm sterile. <laughs> I'm sterile now. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. And, and it's, a, it's a typical thing. Uh, she's just like, I've gone through all this stuff. And he's like, yeah, you think you got a bad. My yeah. nuts don't work. <laughs> 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 I've tried everything. The old clangers aren't producing. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, I'm kind of angry about it. I'm a king. I've got everything. <laughs> Well, he, he tells her he saw an oracle who gave him advice in the form of a riddle, but he can't work it out. Which <laughs> 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 is so good. He's like, God damn it. That <laughs> sucks so bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you could only work out this riddle, sterile. then I'll be fertile. <laughs> oh, man. I'm so happy I live in a society where that's not what medicine is. Just getting a <laughs> riddle about you. I know, you. that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Look, if you solve this... We won't have to amputate, but if you don't, I'm afraid it's our only option. I'm trying to have kids is like yeah, trying to have kids is like the most stressful thing anyway. And he's like, yeah. on top of that, just like, ah, oh, well, solve this riddle. And <laughs> he's just like there with a pen, baby. Just give me a second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. give me a second here. Yeah, he just goes home to his wife after the thing, and she she's like, how come you can't have kids? He's like, well, you solved the riddle there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you solved the riddle. Yeah. <laughs> it's up to me, but I don't know. My riddle-solving skills aren't that good. Yeah, that's right. I don't know. Why don't we ask Al down the road? He's good at solving riddles. <laughs> He's like, not this one. <laughs> what? It's specific to yeah. me. Al, what is brown and sticky? Yeah. God damn it. Yeah. <laughs> So Medea hears, hears this and she tells him that she's been kicked out of her kingdom and she offers him a deal. If oh. he takes her in to his kingdom, like offers her asylum, in exchange she can give him drugs that will help him in his fertility. Oh, okay. And he accepts this deal. So oh, this might be good. This so she might well not kill everyone. anybody. Well, Aegeus leaves. Uh-oh. Oh, sorry, sorry to... I'll strike you down with a bit of madness here, Cap. But uh, Medea celebrates with a monologue where she screams out in joy because everything is falling into place for her revenge plan. Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) She now has a place to run to after she kills her three enemies. (laughs) Bang, sorted. (laughs) Not just like, oh, I've got a a safe life over there. It's like, bang, uh, this guy needs the drugs bad enough that even if I kill people, he'll have to accept me. (laughs) Got him. Got him. What are those three carcasses you're bringing back in here? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> no, don't worry about that. Don't worry. Uh, just a couple of peasants I found <laughs> on the side of the road. Yeah. <laughs> she then speaks out loud of her plans, not knowing that the nurse from the start of the show is nearby listening. <laughs> <laughs> Fatal. This is, yeah, the first instant, instance of like a, an evil person like telling their plan to the person they're about to kill. Yeah. Because they're like, well, in about eight minutes, you'll be dead, Mr. Bond. So I may as well tell you everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is real pre-NCIS kind of stuff where it's just like, oh, well, you can kind of kill somebody and no one's got to record it. Yeah, that's uh, right. <laughs> I'm going to put my fingerprints all over these yeah, people. Yeah, yeah, So she says the plan is she'll trick Jason and make him think that she's forgiven him and that he was right all along. Okay. Then she'll ask him if he can take care of their two sons. As if Jason won't buy this. He's such a dumbass. Oh, yeah. <laughs> then He's going to buy this left, right and centre. Then she'll get the kids to give Glossy, their father's new wife, some gifts. 
a dress and a golden coronet or a crown. Sorry, a golden dress and a golden crown. But not just any dress and crown, but a poison dress and poison crown that will kill anyone that touches them. Finally, the plan really goes off the rails here, where she reveals she finally plans to kill her two sons as well to make Jason really suffer. She knows it will hurt her too, but she's willing to make the sacrifice to get her revenge. So she's really taken it up a step here. Yeah, I'm starting to not be on, uh, mm. you know, Medea's side here. She's really, uh, yeah, she's really going crazy. I don't know if her, like, end game is that great. Like, she's just got to hang out with this other guy's, giving him fertility drugs, mourning her whole life. Yeah. Seems like best case scenario is still not going to be that fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, no, I mean, sterile, being sterile is a big problem and, you know, we should address it on this podcast. <laughs> um, <laughs> but surely, wouldn't you take, you know, um, yeah, take your sons with you, what you got, you know? I'm afraid she thinks that by killing it's her sons... to say that now, but m- if maybe you'd been burned by Jason. Yeah, that's right. Feeling. Yeah, that's exactly. true. And maybe you're rubbing in the face of the new king. You're like, look what I can do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the only risk to that I can see for the plan is um, aside from it being discovered is uh, if the king solves the riddle before he needs yeah, you yeah. <laughs> so you've killed everyone you're like hey baby I've got two boarding passes yeah. to your city and he's like oh I've got six kids now I solved yeah. the riddle it's yeah. really, it's, I'm it's going one of for those it. really stupid obvious like oh women are doctors ah, I get it oh, <laughs> the doctor right. was a woman oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. whoa <laughs> Yeah, he's just you like... You don't bury survivors. <laughs> I did it. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing that can go wrong with a plan as well is if one of the kids wear the dress. <laughs> yeah. Which I don't know if would happen in these times but when dre- cross-dressing was probably frowned upon, uh, you know. But yeah, dress-ups. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look at my crown. I'm mummy. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so the chorus, who were previously pretty sympathetic, um, do not think that this plan is a good idea. They also doubt that she'll be able to follow through with the plan because the mother's love of her children will surely be too great to kill them. Okay. Yes. But will they be right? Well, Medea goes back to Jason and tells him everything he wants to hear and he totally falls for it, like yeah. the idiot he is. She gives him her children and is imagine and he's imagining them growing up in the future with his new wife and their future children and he's excited for the future. They'll grow up and continue on a strong lineage. That's what he wants. Well, you're going the wrong way about this. Totally. Jason. Well, Medea also asked Jason to convince his new father-in-law, the king, to let her sons stay in the city. When he says he's not sure if he has that sort of power, she asked Jason to get Glossy to ask her dad. And as a sign of good faith, she gives Jason a gift for the new bride, which, would you know it, is a golden dress and a golden crown. Hang on a minute. Dave, you were just saying that she'd got a poisonous golden dress and golden crown. Uh Uh-oh. Hang on a minute. Hang on. He doesn't know that it is the poison dress and poison crown. What? God. Egg will be on his face very, very soon, I'm afraid. I want to know what a poison dress is made out of, like asbestos. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. (laughs) It's a slow killer. Yeah. Jason's, like, campaigning out out, out the front of Hardy. 
What is it, James Hardy? What's the asbestos <laughs> manufacturer that got sued? He's so suspicious giving it to her. He's like, I got this dress. It's real chalky. I don't know if yeah, this well, is, yeah. would but, be a good dress. But amazingly, it's not flammable. So yeah. <laughs> good building material. Wow, yeah, yeah. This is a real, uh, I, f- I find it uh, very good uh, in winter, very good in summer, <laughs> this dress. It surely has no flaws at yeah, all. Yeah, it's quite thermal. Well, the chorus come back and start to worry about the future of the children after all. Maybe she will follow through with this dastardly plan and execute Uh-oh. them. We hear from the tutor that the gift went down well, though. Ah. And that Glossy received both the dress and the crown and was so pleased that the two sons are allowed to stay. So, plan's going well. Yeah. Everyone res- uh, expects Medea to be happy the news, but she breaks down. Realising that the plan looks more and more likely to succeed and that means her children will probably have to die. Oh. Even though she probably has Why? the power just to not kill them. Yeah. <laughs> Why do the children have to die? John Wick would have been a lot less popular film if he also just killed his own children for no reason <laughs> at yeah. all. <laughs> like, yeah. You'd be wouldn't have been the box office smash <laughs> that it turned out to be. <laughs> just in the third act. Yeah. It's like, what, what's he doing? What is happening? Also, poison dress, not as action-packed as, you know, a couple of shots to the head off yeah. or kicked off a building yeah, or something. Yeah, they rewrote that. Just a slow-killing poison yeah. dress. <laughs> <laughs> just coughing and then they got to take it out, you know, it's just getting paler and thinner and it's just really disgusting. <laughs> just a slow awful. Just then. a slow awful. Well, we're going to find out what happens with the dress because a messenger then runs onto stage and tells Medea that she should flee the city because the king and his daughter have been found dead and she'll surely be blamed. But instead of panicking like the messenger thought she would, instead she asks for every detail of the pair's grisly deaths. And I mean, they are grisly. Okay. It is an extremely poison, poisonous dress. The messenger tells the story. Glossy wasn't so keen on adopting her new husband's two sons, Jason's sons. But then she got the nice gift of the dress and a crown, and that sealed the deal. So they left her alone to try on the new outfit, and she pranced around in it for a while before things took a turn. Her skin changed colour. She started foaming at the mouth and screaming out in pain. Then her crown caught fire... And then the dress started to eat away at her skin like acid. (laughs) Horribly disfigured, her father came in and grabbed his daughter, who was now on fire, and he embraced her. He too caught fire, and their bodies became entangled in a disgusting heap on the floor. Oh, my God. (laughs) This is no good. That is... That is a very poisonous dress. Oh, my God. Catching fire. And also just a bad move from the the king as well. Yeah, to, to hug her. Yeah, yeah, the hugger and catch He thought he would have had some tongs or yeah. something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like you know, a tarp. Just picked her up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Should have wrapped her in a fire blanket or something. I, su- I suppose the power of love is, you know, uh, yeah, the thing just... you're like, oh, well, it's burning me, but I'll just keep on going. And they, uh, yeah, they. That's what happens when you when you employ bureaucrats to be your king. You know, no real life experience. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. What you need is like an experienced firefighter for a king. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He sounds like a real I don't know Tony Abbott or John Howard of kings. You know, would have just jumped straight and held that fire. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah. That's right. I'm a man. Yeah. I'll yeah. take control of this situation. I'm not afraid of no fire. You know, if you got like someone like I know I'm naming all liberal leaders here, but if you had someone like. Uh, 
Malcolm Turnbull has had a bit of life experience. Oh, he knows to stay away from the fire. He would know? have taken yeah. off that leather jacket and wrapped yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, having heard that a horrible plan has worked, Medea says that her sons are next. Oh, my God. Why has she got to kill the sons? I know. She justifies the killing by saying this that... This is greedy. Yeah. She says that since killing the king, her sons would be killed anyway in revenge. So... She's like, better that I do it than someone else does it. Okay. Of course, yeah. Yes. We can all agree. <laughs> yeah. It's better to be killed by your own parents than by a stranger. Yeah. So. This is where Hitler went into Russia. You know, he could have had the whole of Europe. Oh, I know, yeah, that's right. Yeah, what yeah, were you doing yeah. in winter, you idiot? Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> what of are course, you thinking? Oh, and I could go for the easy city, but I'll go to a city that's personal to Stalin, Stalingrad, okay? The biggest mistake you could <laughs> yeah, ever no. do. Anyway. <laughs> Do you have another this novel based on World War Two? <laughs> this I've got to tell you, this is exactly like that, Kappa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, having heard the plan, she's like, "Got to kill the sons." The choruses, uh, the chorus members are shocked by what they are seeing and hearing, and they pray to the sun and earth gods to stop the horrible crime spree. Please. Which leads us to our final scene. It's all been building to this. We hear the children yelling off stage as Medea does indeed kill them. And we hear them sort of acted out vocally, which is, it's not funny, but then the line is, she, like, they're like trying to describe what's going on so they don't have to show this horrible death on yeah. stage. But it's literally, she has almost caught me now. She has a sword. Like, like kind of <laughs> describing it. Oh no, I'm being stabbed. That kind of thing. Yikes. <laughs> yeah. Ow. Surely one more and I will die. That kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. Jason runs in onto the stage and he asks, what the hell is going on? And he's told that his sons have been killed. And he is in disbelief. And then we get this bit of stage direction. And uh, good luck to any theatre directors that would like to adapt this. I love this. While the attendants are still battering at the door, where Medea is inside, Medea appears on the roof, standing on a chariot of winged dragons in which are the children's bodies. So you've got to okay. winch up a couple of dragons, yeah. yes. make a chariot, and then put in some kids' bodies in there. <laughs> that's that's hard to do. So, something tells me that, yeah, Medea's really lost it now. She's uh, she's really become Charles Manson. Yeah, she's, yeah exactly. Yeah, not she's, that he had it in the first place, yeah. but before he just kind of wanted freedom and love. <laughs> and now she's, you know, he's burning an yeah, X in his head and <laughs> killing the Tate family. She's hearing, like, secret messages in Beatles songs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She's friends with the Beach Boys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, the chariot that she's, that she's got is actually from her father, who is the sun god. So she's actually the daughter of a god. And um, Jason says his piece, like sort of accusing her of doing all these horrible things. And uh, she says, I plan to fly away after you, you know, when you finish talking. So he uses this time to curse himself for ever having married her. He should have married a Greek lady, not someone from a distant land. It's <laughs> <laughs> the moral of the story. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Marry a Greek lady. Yeah, a curtain. <laughs> <laughs> Marry a Greek. <laughs> Medea responds with, say whatever you want, mate. I've won. I've hurt you more than you've even hurt me. She admits the death of her children has made her suffer, but it was worth it because Jason has suffered even more because he's lost his wife... <laughs> his father-in-law and his two sons. She adds it was his fault too because his actions set these events in motion. So putting the guilt on him. saying This is kind of the ancient divorce thing. Like you keep the house, I get the car. 
you know, you get the business. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I killed the kids and your new wife and your new wife's father. So you keep the business. <laughs> yeah, keep the business. <clears throat> he makes a rather sad request to bury his children, but she denies him even this, saying that she'll bury them herself. He pleads to touch the boys one last time, but again she refuses, not giving him anything yet. Man, Ooh. she sucks. Yeah, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I really, We were all really flipped on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jason's looking pretty cool after all. Yeah, yeah. He wishes his children had never been born, and then she flies away to the sanctuary of Athens. Remember, she's allowed to go there because she's got the uh, she's got these secret got the fertility meds. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, I didn't tell you this before, but the drugs come in the form of a different riddle. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> once you solve this one, he's the king of Athens. Like you know, his whole city's in in ruins and stuff, and he's still sterile. He's like, yeah, the uh, flying in on the dragons made out of her dead sons was. Bit of a red flag. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. Should I should I listen to this <laughs> this sorceress? Yeah. yeah. Should I yeah. trust her? I'm not fertile yet, but uh, feeling good. There's a woman coming in with dragons, and she she has her dead children that she's just killed uh, <laughs> with the dragons. So yeah. I'm sure she'll help me out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's <laughs> describing this to his wife. Yeah. yeah. Just hang in there. Yeah. Couple yeah. more hours. You'll she's be like, you'll be pregnant sure? by dinner. Don't <laughs> worry. About it. You sure you don't want to do adoption? There's <laughs> so many kids. Come on, there's so many. Really need You're a the home. king. We could take in anyone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so she flies off to Athens. Jason's left absolutely distraught. The play finishes with the chorus commenting on the unpredictability of the gods, and this is the final line from the chorus: "Great treasure halls hath Zeus in heaven, from whence to man strange dooms be given." Past hope or fear, and the end men look for cometh not, and a path is there where no man thought, so hath it fallen here. End play. Whoa. So you can see why it's classified as a tragedy. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Wow, that is crazy, man. That is... It's such a journey. So it what, is a journey, sorry. so... Well, obviously, like, you know, you start out, well, I think all three of us did, liking Medea, being like, yeah, you tell that guy, yeah, he's yeah. a real dog, but then Go, she sister. really goes yeah. off the rails a little, a little too far. Yeah, you're like, yeah, yeah. Get, get a sister, yeah. girl, girl power. Yeah, exactly, yeah. the, yeah, the yeah, crowd yeah. applauding is now just three three people going... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, this is killing as a sons. You're like, whoa, go power, skill power. Oh, <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, okay, maybe not. Yeah. Well, yeah, just, so on that note, to quote from uh, ancientliterature.com, which is a fantastic sort. I'm sure you're familiar <laughs> okay. with it. Oh, yes, yeah. sure yeah. you're familiar. Yeah, um, one of the contributors actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you may have written this. Nick. Yeah, yeah. My homepage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it has been seen by some as one of the first works of feminism, with Medea as a feminist heroine. Euripides' treatment of gender is the most sophisticated one to be found in the works of any ancient Greek writer, and Medea's opening speech to the chorus is, is perhaps classical Greek literature's most eloquent statement about the injustices that befall women. End quote there. So the lead role of Medea is often seen as one of the great theatre roles. Ah, and uh, three women have won Tonys for playing Medea, which is uh, a record. So it's the role that people win the most Tonys for. That would be so much pressure if you didn't win a Tony. Yeah, yeah. you'd be, you'd be spewing. Cast as Medea. The Tony factory. Medea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Still got nothing. 
So yeah, it's got a so it, yeah, it's got some pretty radical uh, messages for something that is you know twenty four hundred years old. Yeah, yeah, it's so funny because there's that big play that didn't win any Tonys, that big flop, which was Spider Man the Musical. Yeah, yeah, turn what off the cho- dark. What if you? <laughs> what if you chose? You know, Spider Man the Musical, or. And you turn down Medea. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right. No, no, I reckon I've got a Tony in the bag if I just yeah. place. <laughs> if I just place. Yeah, it's too Spider-Man. easy to get a Tony with Armadea. No one's ever won one for Spider Man. Yeah, no one's ever won. <laughs> or the Green Goblin. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> get me in there. Oh, what I would pay to know what Euripides would make of the Green Goblin. Yeah. <laughs> they followed Medea up with a Green Goblin Greek tragedy. <laughs> <laughs> that came second that year. Yeah, Spider-Man <laughs> musical. Yeah. It was John Wick, Spider-Man the musical, and then Medea. Or if you did, if you did go, oh yeah, cool. I'm in the Tony factory. I've, I'm playing Medea, you know. But it was just done by a really bad director. He's <laughs> yeah. just like, I'm gonna kill my two sons. <laughs> yeah. so he's gonna kill yeah. two sons. And the Tony goes to the Green Goblin. It doesn't even have the name of the female character in Spider-Man, like female love interest <laughs> in Spider-Man. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't even know the name of the character. <laughs> Oh man, that is a that is it is a beautiful story, and I do like it because it's sad. Everyone dies. Yeah, sadly, I'm sorry she got that. what she wants, but she had to pay the ultimate price. Mm. In the um, in it, do you do you get to know what this riddle was that he hadn't solved? No, that that would wreck it for me. I'd be, <laughs> I'd be in the audience just going like, just tell me the riddle. Yeah, just yeah. come on. <laughs> but but if you had been told it, you'd be sitting there for the next half hour, not comment concentrating on the play, just going. I wonder, wonder how that did happen. Okay, yeah. Yeah. all right. So seven sons. Okay, <laughs> yeah. Carry yeah. the one. <laughs> yeah. Just trying to work it out. Walk but crawl. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. crawl again. Yeah, okay, a block of oh, ice. Okay. <laughs> so I'm sorry to disappoint on that on that front. But what what are we? How how do we feel about it? Did you did you enjoy it? I used to get the guests to score it out of five. Mm. I reckon. It's, oh, you sorry. You go ahead. I only give it a seven or an eight. Seven or eight out of five. Fantastic. Oh, sorry. Oh, out of five. Oh, <laughs> no. Um, I thought that that was your way charts, of saying fan. how much you like. Man, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I could have given that to you if you wanted to. It's I, broken new boundaries. Yeah, <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Broken new, broken new mathematical boundaries. I just like it how I'm that pig-headed about things. I'm like, yeah. oh, I just score things out of ten, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> I come on a podcast. I don't know this five yeah. bullshit. You're like seven or eight what, out of a hundred? Like, what, yeah. What's yeah, going yeah. on? Listen, yeah. Dave, you're going to tell me how to score Greek plays? Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Come I got on. A Only two <laughs> multiple. <laughs> Uh, multiples of two in the scoring system. Uh, what are you going to do? I want five multiples of two. Um, yeah, no, no. I, I yeah, I'd probably give it a th- three and a half to a four. Actually, yeah. yeah. Well, the maths does check out on that. So. Yes, yes. Out of ten. Because <laughs> <laughs> so, I write all these down. A three and a half or a four. What do you think, Kappa? I give it a four. I give it a four. Fantastic, uh, Jack Drews. Um, God, I don't know. Maybe like a two and a half out of five. Let's confirm. Out of, out of uh, seven. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, no, out of five. I don't know. It's like it sounds. It's it's tough to um, like I've tried to read plays before, and I think it's not. 
it's it's sort of tough to really get in the zone with it. You know what sure, I mean? Sure, like I would I say that if you yeah, if you're not enjoying plays uh, as a whole, this is not one to jump in on because the language is quite poetic. Okay, and I must say, sorry, I also should have said it, said at the start that there are many interpretations of it in translations of it. Okay. I use the uh, which I'll link to because you can read it online. The Project Gutenberg version. But even I found quotes about the play from other places and then I s- tried to search for that in, in my version and I was like, oh, that's not even in here. So there are qu- differing versions. <laughs> Project right. Gutenberg, you're like, nothing translates Greek plays like the but, Germans. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they know what they're doing. <laughs> and call it yeah, Project. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my project <laughs> is to make this readable. <laughs> but yeah, so it's, um, not, it's not a great, uh, even though it is like the influential and extremely old, it's not probably super accessible. Uh, on the page if you're but I not loved, a uh, I loved hearing it like I love um, I, I wish I knew more about all those sort of old Greek myths they're awesome aren't they they're really yeah. f- they're cool and, yeah. I, and I love how they all sort of like there's a whole canon of them and how they intersect and there's like known figures and characters and gods like even in the like when I watched Jason and the Argonauts I did a bunch of reading afterwards because like there's a character who it, it goes and is left on an island and then Hercules goes back looking for him and then it's like that guy who has nothing in the movie but it's like there's this whole story just about him and what happens to him on the island uh-huh. and then it's like it's all so interconnected and yeah, it's. I, I wish I knew way more about this stuff. I love hearing about it. It is cool that how people are different, you know, half gods and brothers, half brother and sister and all sorts of different yeah. things. Yeah, I really find it fascinating too. I'm going to give it also a four out of five, I'll say. Yeah, it annoys me only you, you gave it only two and a half, Jack. Because don't you think the storyline's great and it exposes the flaw of every character, even as basically as Dave told it to us? Mm. You know, it shows how you can screw up in life by getting greedy, even though you've been screwed over in the first place. Yeah, like I don't. I feel like a two and a half is not me saying it's bad. It's just not saying, I think it's, it's, saying it's, it's anything bad. special. This I could th- divide our friendship. <laughs> well, I think a two and a half is is a. You're not even going to give it a three. It's the midpoint of five, and exactly. I think that's what you're it's not even going to give it three or four. No, it's fifty percent good. Come not on. even yeah. three and a half. Nah. If she, if there was some, if there was some switch, like, because it's, I'm not bummed out that she killed the kids. You know, I've never met those kids. I don't care. Yeah, but yeah. it's like she <laughs> said, she said that she was going to kill the kids. And then it was just a, like a straight line towards her just doing that. You know what I mean? Like if she'd, that was the whole point of tension in it. If she'd like said, I'm going to kill the kids. And then there was some kind of like epiphany she had or one of them escaped. So there's there's some extra layer happened to it or something that could have boosted it a bit. But I feel like it was a bit of a bummer. Just the, the lack of suspense, just like I'm going to kill the kids and she does do that. So that's kind of the twist. You know? Yeah, she just wants him to feel bad, though, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know? Sorry, Jack, you're saying that it's probably the third best play that year. Yeah, if I was one of, the, <laughs> if I was one of these judges <laughs> in the back in ancient it's Greece. It's no John Wick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to know what the other what the other plays in the mix <laughs> were. Get a fair scoring system. Yeah, I'm not sure if the, how many of them have survived out of those because one of them was uh, by one of the authors that had... Uh, uh, what was it, uh, Sophocles. And then the other one was by the other guy, Aeschylus' son. But I don't know if they were the ones that have survived. So Sophocles would have been would have been too d- deep, you know? All, uh, you know, theories and all that kind of stuff, you know? <laughs> not, 
Yeah, people were like <laughs> applauding that. Yeah, it would have been like tenant or something. Too multi-layered. Yes. <laughs> You're trying too hard. Yeah. Just tell the story, the man. The sound was off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that does bring us to the end of the, of the show. Thank you so much for uh, joining me to talk a little bit of uh, Greek tragedy. Absolute delight, Dave. Man, so good to see you again. So yeah. good to talk to you. So Thank good you. to hear about a book. Yeah, I appreciate you guys coming on. Now, um, Kappa, you got a... We were talking multiple pods that you've been uh, working on during the, you know, continuing on during lockdown. Of course, you've got uh, <laughs> Phone Hacks. Yeah, the Phone Hacks <laughs> Sorry, podcast. Sorry, I just went blank on the, on the title. I was, all I could think was Mike Goldstein. Mike Goldstein. <laughs> Mike Gold- yeah. The Mike you've Goldstein just, podcast. Yeah. <laughs> you've just been like flawlessly reciting ancient Greek names and things <laughs> for know. hours. And then you're like, and, uh, yeah, oh, yeah. No, but of course I know uh, a show that I've been on before. And it's, a, it's a lot of fun where you uh, swap phones with uh, your co-host Mike, but also a guest and uh, often pull devilish pranks on each other. Yes, yes. We uh, we did a good one on you um, where you we convinced people that you... Oh, the flat th- earther. ...thought you were a flat earther, yes. I had a few uh, couple of people uh, unfollow me because of that, so thanks oh, for really? ruining, <laughs> ruining my credit. Yeah, and it was, it, was a, it was a great episode, man, because it showed how much we cared about you. And I we've know. A, we've only done this before as well with uh, Alistair tremblay Birchall was that... We, you were going to have one where you got a Nazi, uh, a swastika-shaped uh, pie. That's right, because it was going to be one of my pie-stagrams where I post <laughs> photos of pies. So no, ins- that would have... Oh, man, it was just too bad, wasn't it? And you were going to do pies. it, and we saved you from your own death, which is we never do. Usually we let the guests suffer, but we were like, no, Dave, you, you cannot do this. We, you. So we, instead you made me post a picture of a flat earth and say... Have you ever noticed that this looks a bit like a pie? <laughs> <laughs> so no, I do appreciate you yeah, not so, making me post nuts. So that just shows how pie. much of a nice guy we did not want to see you suffer. <laughs> you no. are, um, yeah. So yeah, that's a that's a fun podcast. Also, Jack and I do a, a really fun podcast called Fun Catch Ups, where we um, get together, we uh, talk about ideas uh, that we've had. Yeah, or like ideas of like comedy stuff we want to make. Yes, um, and uh, try and flesh them out how we would go about it, and uh, some of them we filmed now, and some of them are stand-up ideas we've sort of developed ah, a bit more. Cool, so cool. It's, so it's I've seen uh, a few of your videos that Jackie been putting on Twitter, and Cap has been in a bunch of those. Is that sort of the start of where they come from? Yeah, sort of. It just was like kind of just came in uh, through the various lockdowns and stuff, just having a way to <laughs> keep in touch and riff and talk about comedy stuff. So I cannot tell you how many times I've watched your video, Jack, of uh, you playing your uh, well, playing a character going to a uh, a therapist. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about how people don't respect them. Oh, oh thanks, man. That and is I, great. I don't want to give away... Uh, I'll link that in, in the description of this episode because that... <laughs> what's that? Over <laughs> 10 times. It's so funny. <laughs> it is so funny. Oh, that <laughs> makes me feel very good. Yeah, thanks, I don't want to say too much about it because it will give it away, but uh, that's really funny. And, of course, you also do your uh, newsletter, which is... Yeah, yeah. I do a, um, a weekly newsletter, or usually weekly. Um, I, was <laughs> I was saying on the drive over to Nick, it's like... I got a I got a huge boost in subscribers during lockdown and it was went crazy but I think a lot of people just signed up to it without knowing what it was like they just saw it recommended somewhere so now it's like every time I post one the uh 
I lose so many subscribers every time of people who just can't remember what it was that they signed oh, up to right. and then this thing pops <laughs> up in their inbox and they're like, what is this? What are they, what? they forget the recommendation. Yeah, yeah. So it's just like, it used to be so exciting posting them. It was like, oh, maybe people will share it. Maybe I'll get some new subscribers. And then this time I like click share and then just like brace myself for the, the storm of unfollows oh, coming. No. Like, oh. <laughs> um, but I've got that. And if I could, um, so if I could plug... One more thing real quick. I'm trying Absolutely. to... Absolutely. Uh, I've been doing... Or I haven't really been doing... Or by the time this comes out, I guess. I'm doing my uh, comedy festival show that I was going to do at the comedy festival this year that got cancelled. I'm trying to just put it on in the park for like 12 people. Um, so I'm going to do one of those on um, uh, Thursday the... Uh, sorry, Thursday the 26th of November. Um, and yeah, the great. info on that will just be on my Twitter and that kind of thing. So if you live in Melbourne... You want to see a comedy festival show in the park? Uh, come check that out. It's such a good idea. And then, uh, yeah, Dave's going to do a Greek tragedy afterwards. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Kappa, will you, be, will you be in my chorus? Yeah, I'll be the chorus. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do it, Dave. Don't kill yeah, the sons. <laughs> no, I have to for some reason. <laughs> You'll never talk me out of it. Oh, that'll be great. Yeah, thank you so much once again, mate. Oh, no, th- it. Yeah, thank you so much for coming on uh, the show. And as always, I'll say thanks for listening and... Uh, Books forever! Yes. Yeah. Wow. Hey, book cheaters. The book chook, Dave, here at the end of the episode to thank you for downloading it in the first place. Hey, kudos to you. And kudos to my fantastic guests this week, Nick Kappa and Jack Drews. Fantastic to see them and record an episode in person again. Oh, human contact. I love it. Not editing over Zoom. Love that too. So thanks uh, so much to those guys. They've been working on heaps of good stuff online in lockdown. Uh, two of my absolute favourite comedians in Melbourne and in Australia. Great duo as well. A show I saw them do at the Melbourne Fringe maybe four or five years ago. Uh, it's still one of the, I'd say, top ten funniest shows I've ever seen. So good. Kappa Jack is their uh, duo name. If you ever see them at a festival, make sure you, if you have the opportunity, make sure you you take that opportunity because wow so good uh the other thing i'd like to say a big thank you to is the people that have chosen this year to support the show on patreon by going to patreon.com slash do go on pod because this is a spin-off of do go on my show with matt stewart and jess perkins where we talk about a subject from history including recently uh hp lovecraft and the cthulhu mythos the oj simpson trial couple of topics we actually mentioned uh, in this week's episode. Uh, Kappa brought up Charles Manson. Jess did a report on the Manson family. And there was one other one, but I can't think of it right now. But yeah, you can check that out. And uh, yeah, because people supported the show on Patreon, I was able to start this show and Matt was able to start Primates and Listen Now. And uh, we put out three bonus episodes a month for uh, as a reward for people that want to get involved there. You can also join the Facebook group, talk about what the uh, show is going to be in advance get discounted tickets, and it's just, yeah, it's just a real community, and also at the same time, you keep our lights on, and our pod's rocking and rolling. So if I haven't missed uh, Do Go On in five years, every single Wednesday for five years now, so, yeah. The Patreon people, you're doing something right. Thank you so much for keeping us going. And uh, the way I like to thank people on this show is I uh, read out their name, and uh, thank them by reading out their favourite book that they've told me about. And uh, I would like to thank six legends right now, starting with Anthony Story, or Anthony Story, it's hard to know, but uh, A-S, or A-Story, 
Your name is A Story. I love that. Anyway, um, he's written, uh, Hello, book chooks. Just wanted to add that my favorite book is Towered the Gleam by T.M. Doran, which is a story about an alternative universe in which Tolkien's life work is inspired not just by his brilliant mind, but by actual events in the past, made known to him by the discovery of an ancient text. Delightful read. <laughs> I don't think people use the word delightful enough. Thank you, Anthony slash Anthony. A story. I was destined to hear from you, wasn't I? Uh, Brandy Broyhill has written in, and thank you so much, Brandy. Brandy writes, my favourite book is The Kite Runner by Khaled Hosseini. It's an extremely well-written story about two young boys growing up in Afghanistan around the time of the Russian invasion in the 70s. A short moment changes their lives forever, leading to decisions that will impact their friendship, families and future. One of the boys is racked with guilt and seeks to atone for his mistake, but is never sure how until he's shown what he needs to do. The story covers decades, and you also learn a lot about the culture and history of, of Afghanistan. It truly is a story of betrayal, redemption, family, and so much more. I haven't read it in high, since high school, but the line, There is a way to be good again, has stayed with me ever since, and I even got good again tattooed on my arm, so that even when I'm at my lowest, or that nothing is going right for me, I am reminded that there is going to be a time when things are good again. I just have to find the way. Huh, that's inspiring. Thanks, Brandy. Appreciate that. Thanks for sharing your lovely story. Next up is Dan Dry. Hi, Dave. I'm a big fan of Do Go On A Book Cheat and all you guys are doing. Thanks, Dan. My wife and I, we listen together, decided to support you all on Patreon recently as my birthday gift. Oh, thanks, Dan. That's lovely. I've been listening for a few years now and have had so much fun and learned so much. My favourite book is The Phantom Tollbooth, which got me into reading. It's fun and creative, and it's got so much wordplay, which is a favourite of mine. Great for learning vocabulary. Well, that is a good story. Probably could improve my vocabulary there, admittedly, yes. Thank you so much, Dan. Ben Fulton, thanks so much for your support, Ben. Ben's written my... Hey Dave, my favourite book is A Memory of Light, the final book in the Wheel of Time series by Robert Jordan and completed by Brad Sanderson. I think you should do the whole 14 books for Bookcheat. It's a brisk 19 days, 5 hours and 25 minutes in audiobook format. Whoa. In all seriousness, it's a fantastic series of fantasy. and The last three books are incredible. The previous books lay down the groundwork for a huge battle between good and evil and there are so many plates spinning. It's fantastic and difficult to put down. Amazon are doing a TV, TV show of it now, and if it's done right, and follow the source material like the early seasons of Game of Thrones, it could be incredible. Anyway, books forever. Cool. Man, I hope for your sake they do not stuff it up. Thanks, Ben. Brian Siddle says, hey Dave, or hello Dave in fact, big fan of Do Go On and its associated podcast in the network. Thanks, Brian. It's hard to choose my favourite book as I typically read non-fiction, and that varies wildly by subject. That's it. I've always enjoyed The Hitchhiker's Guide, series by Douglas Adams, as it frequently has me laughing to tears whilst reading. Take care. Man, when I covered it on this show a couple of months ago, it was very, very funny. Thanks, Brian. And finally, Steve Baker. Hi, Steve's written. Well, hi, Steve. Steve's written in to say, Hey, Dave. My favourite book is American Gods by Neil Gaiman. It's a great road trip book about how mythology fits into our world nowadays and the new gods we create along the way. The television show based off of it is also great fun if you ever get the chance. Man, sometimes people tweet me to tell me I look like one of the characters. 
I haven't seen it, so I can't tell you who, but if you have, I'm sure you're imagining them right now. Do I look like them? Maybe. Anyway, on with Steve's words here. Honourable mention to the Dresden Files by Jim Butcher, since it is in a single book. Imagine if Harry Potter grew up and became a private eye in Chicago. <laughs> okay. So it's magical? Maybe it is. Not sure. Anyway, thanks, Steve Baker. Really appreciate your support. And Brian, Ben, Dan, Brandy, Anthony, slash Anthony A. Story. Appreciate all of your ongoing support at patreon.com slash dogoonpod. But that's it for another week. I believe that this was episode 50. Can you believe it? We did it. It took just over two years, but we've now covered, uh, well, it's just under 50, epi- uh, 50 books and plays, actually, because I've done a couple of double episodes. But anyway, still, uh, 50 episodes. Thank you so much. I hope to keep the show going on into 2021. Always helps if you tell people about the show and uh, spread the word. You can get in contact at BookCheatPod on all of the social medias. But until next week, I will thank you one last time for listening. And until next time, I'll say it. Books forever! Bye. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's up to you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.